1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Discover North Korea, the podcast where I try to expand the narrative on North Korea, explore the country, the people, the culture, and the landscapes, and ultimately make North Korea tourism more accessible. It is going to be just me today. I do have another few guest podcasts lined up for the next few weeks, Um, but today it's just me, Zoe, from Zoe Discovers, and, uh, and welcome back to the podcast once again. This is episode 18 and uh, I hope you've been enjoying so far. Since we've been chatting a lot about travel recently and indeed I've been taking you on my travels recently um, as we go up to the North Korean border and I also made a preparation video for the train video where I talk about all the things you need to pack and how to make yourself more comfortable when you need to be on a sleeper train for 14 hours. I thought I'd make this one giving you some more information on how to prepare yourself for a trip to North Korea. And in this episode, there are going to be kind of two aspects to it. The first is we're going to talk about the practicalities. We're going to talk about all the things that you need to literally prepare to bring on your tour to North Korea. There are some things that are common sense, common knowledge, things that you would bring on any trip in the world, and there are some things that are very North Korean specific and some things that you would just never really think of but are absolutely necessary to bring. The second part, we're going to talk about how you prepare yourself kind of like mentally to go on a trip to North Korea, some things that you really need to go... To know beforehand before you go Um, and yeah just to get you kind of really prepared and in the right mindset to travel to a country like North Korea which honestly is not like travel to anywhere in the world. Um, I try and normalize travel to North Korea a lot but in reality it's it's not normal. It's not normal to kind of travel um, to this kind of country. I argue that uh, you know the people there and their lives there and stuff like that. They are just like lives of normal humans in the world and that's very, very true. But we have to remember that we are going to North Korea, a country like nowhere else in the world. So of course, traveling to North Korea will be like going nowhere else in the world. And for that, we need to prepare. So the first half is gonna be talking about the practical things, the actual physical things we need to do. And the second half, will be talking about how to prepare yourself for a tour to North Korea mentally. So I do want to reiterate before we start um, that the borders are still closed. So there is absolutely no possibility of going to North Korea at the moment. Recently, randomly, a, a Chinese tour company started advertising for tours in June or July already, which considering it's May right now, is really optimistic thinking that there are Uh, you know, potentially hundreds or thousands of North Koreans stuck abroad that can't even get home and they're there advertising tours for foreigners already in June or July, Um, I find it highly unlikely, really highly unlikely. I I mean, you know, nothing's impossible. It's very, very unlikely that these tours will actually go ahead in June or July. Uh, We can remain hopeful, I suppose, but more realistically is... Add a random guess somewhere around this time next year, maybe even the end of this year. Who knows? No one has a clue. You know, a couple of months ago, it looked like, or, the, you know, the start of this year, it looked like China would never even open up again, and they've just gone a full 360. I recently went back there in the last few weeks, and everything just feels completely back to normal, you know? And this is a country that was having frequent lockdowns and having frequent PCR tests just a few months ago. So there could be a complete 360 like that in the DPRK too. But let's see, not holding my breath for it to be open in June or July. However, it's never too early to start preparing. And I suppose by giving you this little bit of insight to how you can prepare for North Korea, um, I can also talk a little bit about some things that maybe you didn't know. About the North Korea tour. Um, hopefully you find it interesting, give you a bit of an insight for those thinking about a trip and for those who love preparing in advance. Like really in advance. <laughs> Before we start, as always, I would like to say a big thanks for coming back. I know I say it every time, but really I make this podcast for you all. So the fact that you are all enjoying it is uh is a big bonus for me. And um I keep getting lots of good feedback, so that's really nice. Um, It's been really nice to have lots of guests on recently as well um, and do another episode with Greg. And I do have a lot of other guests in mind. If you have any guest recommendations, uh, any comments, anything that you want to say about this podcast or any feedback that you would like to give me, then please feel free to email me on zoediscovers at gmail.com. That's zoediscovers at gmail.com or find me on any of my social media handles at zoediscovers or at zoediscoversnk. You can message me on Instagram. I am most likely to reply there. So, Let's get started firstly by covering the things that you absolutely should not bring to North Korea. I want to go over these again. Um, I spoke about them in episode three, how strict North Korea is and what you can and cannot do. And in there, you know, I, I did speak about the things that you shouldn't bring if you want to go and listen to that episode, if you haven't already, for more information. But I did just want to go over them again, just in case, um, you know, you've forgotten that was uh, a few months ago now, actually. Um, And it's always good to have in mind what these things are. So, GPS is the first one, uh, but come on, you know, all these devices uh, nowadays have GPS built in. If you do have a device, for example, a GPS watch that has GPS, like, built into it, like a smartwatch, then it's just one of those things where you just turn it off and then say that you have no GPS. The main thing that they're looking out here, uh, that they're looking out for here, is gps devices so just don't bring a separate gps device with you and it should be fine and if you have you know gps on your phone and stuff just switch it off so you can tell the customs officers and stuff like that with peace of mind that you have no gps the next one are bibles absolutely no bibles permitted in north korea this if they ask you anything um, in terms of what you're bringing in, then these two things are the things that they're going to ask you for GPS and Bible. It is not permitted to bring a Bible in. Please do not try and do that. The next thing is anything in the Korean language. Um, Korean language materials, any books in Korean, any films in Korean, any Korean music, stuff like that. If it's Korean, don't bring it in. And by Korean, I do mean South Korean. If you have been to the North Korea before and you have bought something there, then, you know, this is no problem if you want to bring it in again. Obviously, it is from North Korea. Anything you buy and take out can then be taken in again. South Korean or Japanese maps, on that note, as well, and materials. To be honest, best just not bring any maps in, but any politically sensitive material. Um Maps, flags, books, stuff like that. Um, Anything on North Korea that wasn't purchased within North Korea, for example, films and books. uh, You know, there's there's so many films and stuff like that on North Korea. I don't need to say which ones they are, but it's smart not to bring those in. Uh, Pornography, adult content, is also not permitted in North Korea. Please do not try and bring that in. And it is best not to bring your laptop. Basically, because of all the things that I've just mentioned above, might be in your laptop. You know, I cannot remember the last time that I checked my downloads folder. Um, And I think I tell the anecdote in that episode three about how strict North Korea is that, you know, I was just so used to my laptop not being checked that one time I brought it into North Korea with me and, you know, they just asked to check my laptop, which is completely fine. They are totally permitted to do that, except I was not prepared for that. Um, I had... I suppose, just got a bit more too nonchalant about things, and a bit too casual, uh, because it, to be honest, the customs experience is usually very chilled out. So I was terrified when he started fishing, like literally the first thing that he went to was my downloads folder. And I was like, man, I have not looked in this place or emptied it in like years. I have no idea what you're going to watch, what you're going to find here. Luckily, he didn't really seem to know what he was doing Um, and I did see some like random things like videos and stuff that I downloaded or like dramas and stuff that probably shouldn't have been on there Um, but you know they all had like funny names on them and stuff like from the download link so he had no idea what was going on and uh, the guide managed to hurry him up so luckily but don't do that Uh, don't follow in my example, you should uh, be very prepared for a customs check and make sure that you have checked your phone, make sure that you've checked your laptop and to be honest I would just recommend leaving the laptop at home. It causes unnecessary um, hassle and there is really no point bringing it in. If you're hoping to get some work or study done, then I can tell you these tours are intense and you probably will be absolutely tired by the time you get home to the hotel at night or in the evening and you will just want to sleep, enjoy your holiday whilst you are on holiday. So leave those laptops at home. Uh, The next thing that you need to watch out for is camera lenses as well. Make sure that they are within the correct size limit. Um, This should be no problem for any camera, to be honest, apart from like massive zoom lenses. I might have missed something, but this is the main stuff, and I don't want to ponder on this for too long. Go to episode three if you want to find out more. So, what to bring? I hope you've got a pen and pencil with you so you can write down these things. Firstly, number one, cash. This is very important, and I don't mean like a little bit of spare cash just in case the ATM at the airport of the new country that you're going to doesn't work or a little bit of cash just in case you can't find a a place to exchange your money or, you know, a little bit of spare cash just in case your car doesn't work, stuff like that. I'm sure we've all done that when we've traveled to different countries before. You need cash in North Korea because there are no ATMs and there are no car payments zero every single last penny that you want to spend in North Korea needs to be physical money on your body on your persons and another thing to note is that North Korean money will not be accessible to you um it's definitely not available to be pre- to be prepared outside of North Korea foreigners are not actually allowed uh really to use it um or especially to bring it outside of the country You instead should prepare either US dollars, renminbi, Chinese yuan, or euro. And out of those, I would say that, I mean, I just use Chinese yuan all the time because I usually live in China. The exchange rate flickers from all of those, uh, but the most accepted, I would say, are dollars or Chinese yuan. Make sure to bring enough money with you because the worst thing is when you're in north korea it's a once in a lifetime opportunity and you want to buy a really cool propaganda poster you want to buy a really cool souvenir whatever it is you want to buy that guide the extra beer or something like that but you're thinking about money you will probably not be going back to north korea again and you don't want to miss this opportunity i say and this is a general kind of averaging out, and my recommendations from going in so often, um, I would say that you would be okay if you had about 50 euros per day that you're going to spend in the country. Now, this can sound like a lot, and that's because I have factored in the fact that you probably want to have money left over. The worst thing, you know, you want to have more too much than too little, firstly. The second thing is that obviously your tour will be all-inclusive, the accommodation, the food, everything like that but there are little expenses here and there. For example, if you want a coffee at the coffee shop we visit, if you want a, um, I don't know, like an added extra, a few rides at the fun fair, you want to have a massage at the hotel, and then, of course, all of the souvenirs that you might want to buy. And now, you know, a coffee might set you back anything from 1 euro to 5 euros, or, you know, $1 to $5, depending on if you get tinned ready-made coffee, or if you get an actual proper hand-poured coffee from a very fancy coffee shop. And that, you know, and that can be all that you spend in that day, just like maybe a coffee or a beer at night or something. The next day, however, you could go to a cool souvenir shop and you buy yourself a very fancy big propaganda poster for $100, right? So, you know, on day one you spent like maybe 5 or $10, and then the next day you're spending like $100. The day after, maybe you just spend like $20 on whatever it is that you're doing, and then maybe you want to get like a dress or traditional Korean clothing or something like that. The worst thing is running out of money. And going on a trip to North Korea is not a place where you want to run out of money. It's always better to bring more. Another thing that you have to consider is tips for the guides at the end. Um, and I don't mean for me or the Western tour guides, I mean for the North Korean tour guides. Um, you know, whenever you go on a tour anywhere in the world, uh, you know, it's kind of customary to tip your guides. And the same goes for North Korea, to be honest. Um we kind of, I recommend anywhere between like 10 and 12 euros per day um, f- in total for, you know, the guides and the driver. So that's kind of split up between the three of them. Uh, it's completely up to you, to be honest. Um, and of course, you know, this get, the same goes for how much money you want to calculate your spending per day. Because if you're in North Korea for three days, then maybe you want to bring like more than 50 euros per day. Um, and the same goes for the guides, maybe you want to tip them a little bit more, but if you're going to be in the country for like three weeks or something like that, you obviously probably don't want to spend like 50 euros per day's worth of stuff, Uh, so you can probably narrow that down a little bit. Um, It's completely up to you, obviously, how much you want to tip the guides, uh, how much you feel like tipping the guides, it's a completely um, voluntary thing to do, but you know, it is a a very nice gesture, Uh, always um, having worked in the service industry myself as well, uh, and for anyone else that has, you know how important the tipping culture is, and I'm sure that goes very much so for all of my American audience, who I believe have um, have a little bit of a stronger tipping culture than we do in the UK. I know that I would always appreciate it when I was um, working in a bar in Liverpool, and um, basically the culture is in Liverpool, I don't know, it's probably changed because this was about 10 years ago, the due to inflation, I hope that the tips have gone up a little bit. But uh, the rule in Liverpool 10 years ago was that you would say to the bar lady, the bartender, um, or the barman, uh, you would say, Take one for yourself. And no, that does not mean like take a pound for yourself, it means take 20p for yourself, like 20 pence. I think that's probably about what's that like 10 cent or something, or maybe like around 20 cent as well, US dollar. Um, but I remember then going to London, I think this is just a rule in Liverpool, because I then remember going to London and saying that to someone and they took a pound and I was like, wow, that's not, that's not what I meant, but I'm not going to ask for it back. Anyway, that's how it worked in Liverpool 10 years ago. If anyone can tell me how it is now, any, any bar staff that can tell me uh, if the tipping culture is still rife in Liverpool, that would be good to know. It's also good to know for when I go back and I know uh, what on earth I should be saying and how much I can expect everyone to be taking. (laughs) The next thing that we are going to talk about that you should always prepare when you go to North Korea are gifts. And again, this is for the guides. Obviously, completely optional and up to you. But I promise you, the reason why I urge people to bring gifts for the guides is because some people think that they don't want to prepare gifts for the guides absolutely fine it's completely optional Um and so they don't and then really regret it when we get there and i feel like it's part of my job to not urge people to bring gifts for the guides but you know, just to kind of consider it because the worst thing, again, when you're already in North Korea and you have no way of getting them something um, or you have to buy them then something in North Korea, which is just really expensive and there really isn't that much choice. um, And it won't be as meaningful towards the guides because, you know, they can get it themselves. Um, They'd much rather something like from your hometown or something, you know, important to you. So I really recommend that people do get a gift for the guide and this can range from anything you know this can be um uh, cigarettes and alcohol they never go wrong even if you've got female guides who don't drink or don't smoke they can you know gift them to their fathers or you know their 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 husbands or father-in-law's stuff like this um it can range from like something little like chocolate or going way up to some perfume or something like that uh, you can always um, bring something from your hometown as well, like maybe a magnet from your village or town, uh, something that is typical for a souvenir for your town. They love that kind of stuff. Um, if you wanted to just go for the cigarettes and alcohol, you can buy them at the duty-free if you're flying in. Um, but they do prefer the foreign stuff instead of the Chinese stuff. They really um, they really can tell the difference. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I've had... The guides say before like you know can you are you able to get like foreign goods instead of Chinese goods <laughs> anyway um a funny thing is to definitely not bring the ladies Korean face masks um and or you know those um the face masks that you kind of it's like a paper sheet that you put on your face and they've become popular in recent years popularized I think as Korean face masks um, and Korean beauty and health and care and stuff like that um because they're so popular in South Korea and I honestly like I know guys in South Korea that will use them every single day even the guys um the girls uh you know they will use them once a day and then make their boyfriends use them once a day as well They are very, very popular and kind of expensive, to be honest. If anyone has ever been to Seoul or Korea, you will see shops just for these masks. Like, massive shops just selling various kinds of these masks. It's quite amazing. And to be honest, I really like them. (laughs) I'm definitely partial to a cheeky face mask. Because of this, I used to bring in face masks for the guides. Um, and, And I found out one day that I... I'm not only um, one of the only people that brings it in, as in like a lot of other people also have the same thinking as me, but like also like the Koreans have so many of these, and to be fair, this is only two of the female guides I was speaking to, so I'm not sure if it's a representative sample, but um, she was telling me, or they both were telling me that they have so many face masks, um, and she was like, please can you ask people to stop sending me these? It's funny because it's just one of those things where South Korea value them so much and the West have started to value them so much. And the North Koreans are just like, yeah, we don't want these. (laughs) We don't really see much value in them. Um, You know, what am I supposed to do with it? Just put it on my face for a bit. You know, they're just kind of oblivious to it. Maybe it's just a little bit too much luxury when they have other things to worry about. Or, you know, that whole hype just isn't there. And, um... And it's funny what just doesn't catch on. So that definitely hasn't caught on in North Korea. Um, would not recommend bringing in Korean face masks. But you know, maybe the trends have changed and they've started to value them a little bit more. Who knows? Either way, maybe go for something different um, until uh, until I try and find out <laughs> find out what the trend is at the moment. Anyway, uh, in terms of the in terms of the gifts, you don't have to bring any gift, but you will probably get very close to your guide um, and you'll probably wish that you did have something, um, at least a little something to bring. You know what? Even if even if you don't, then just bring something anyway and if for some reason, this has never happened in my experience ever um, and I don't see how it would, but if for some reason you decide you don't want to gift it to them and you want to keep it for yourself, then you can also do that too. You know? No one's forcing you to give a gift um, and uh, and no one's forcing you to... To leave anything there, you know. You can bring everything out that you took in. So that's all good. The next thing is um is some downloads. So uh you will not have internet when you are there at all, pretty much. And again, I have spoken about internet in North Korea in another episode, so I won't bore you with that right now. But um, it is important to um, to realise that you won't have internet in North Korea, most likely. There is Wi-Fi, there is the possibility of getting a SIM card, uh, but for 99% of the travellers, there is no internet for your entire time in North Korea. Have some things downloaded. Music, movies for those long bus journeys, or just when you need to switch off at night. Make sure that these downloads are nothing that is prohibited in North Korea. That is very important. No Korean contact content. No Korean music. No dodgy movies that would not be accepted in the country. That's like you know anything that mentions North Korea stuff like this. Just have your normal like UK top hits, US top hits in the charts and stuff like that downloaded. Whatever it is that you usually listen to, maybe some podcasts. Um, I'm a big podcast fan. <laughs> Do not download my podcast and bring it into North Korea, please. Um, As I have just mentioned, that goes under the category of things that mention North Korea that are not from North Korea. So please do not bring this podcast into the country. But that's about it. Yeah, make sure you get those downloads. There are some long bus journeys ahead depending on which tour you are doing. The next one uh, seems pretty uh, obvious, but clothes. Bring enough clothes for your trip. Um, You want various different kinds of clothes, actually. Um, So firstly, you want to bring enough clothes for your trip, generally. There is a laundry service at most of the hotels, but they do these by item and not by weight, usually. So it can be very pricey. Generally, I bring enough for my trip if I'm going for like a week-long trip. Um, if I'm going for a two-week trip, then you know I just end up washing my underwear in the sink or something like that. Um Actually, me and Greg just talked about that on the last podcast. Um, how we how we do our laundry. Uh I think Greg usually goes for the expensive laundry service and I usually just wash it in the sink, which really sums up the difference between me and Greg, to be honest. Um <laughs> it's up to you what you want to do, but just bear that in mind. Uh, You will need specific kinds of clothing. Uh, It's absolutely fine to wear jeans, stuff like that, comfortable clothing, um, whatever you want to bring or whatever you usually wear. I wouldn't wear anything that's like, you know, if you're going in the summer and it's like really hot, like 30 degrees Celsius, sorry, um, I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but you don't want to wear like anything that's like super duper revealing or skimpy. Just kind of wear modest clothing. But you know, generally you don't have to worry about that. What you do have to worry about is some places where you might need formal clothing. Um for example, there are two places where you might need formal clothing. Well, where you definitely need formal clothing. Um there may be other places as well, you you will be told before your tour. Um, this is the grand monument statues of the great leaders in Pyongyang. You need to make sure that you are dressed accordingly in, in rather formal casual, formal casual clothing. And then not all tours visit this, um, but for the Kumsan Palace of the Sun, that is the memorial palace where Kim Il-sung and Kim Jong-il lie in state, you need to be dressed very formally for there. Um, It's not a tourist site as such. It is a very, very important, sacred place for the Koreans. And therefore, you need to be dressed appropriately. No bright colours, nothing with big designer markings on it. You need to be dressed formally. And by formally, I mean no jeans, uh, kind of suit and tie. If you have that, Um, the more formal, the better. Um, You know, ladies kind of below the knee uh dresses and skirts and stuff like that you can of course wear wear like pants like trousers um but absolutely no jeans and um and maybe a nice pair of shoes as well you will be turned away um and not permitted to go in if you do not have the correct clothing um of course we don't want that um if you realize in north korea already that you don't have the right clothing then um you know we'll we'll help you get around it maybe you can borrow some of someone else or you know you can try and find some when we're in Pyongyang um but ideally you'll get that all prepared outside of North Korea Otherwise, um, just make sure that your clothes are comfortable clothes. You'll be traveling and and going around a lot. It's going to be tiring. Um, a lot of sitting on the bus, a lot of walking. Um, you also want to make sure that you have trip appropriate clothes. So, what are you going to do there? Are you going to go skiing? Are you going to go hiking? Are you going to go on the Pyongyang marathon and do a run? It's a whole different experience for these kind of things. So, consider have a look at the itinerary. Um, have a look at what you're going to be doing. And if in doubt, ask your tour manager, the one that you you've been emailing to book this trip, ask them what, you know, if there's any special things that you need to prepare in terms of clothes, but either way, it should be pretty obvious on the itinerary if there are any special things going on and that you need to prepare for. The next thing that you should consider that, you know, is probably on your packing list for any trip, to be honest, is some home comforts. Um, Not too many of these.
0: That's borough.com slash ACAST. borough.com slash ACAST.
1: Because the chances are you will be moving around quite a bit, um, going to various hotels and other, um, you know, places that may not have a lift or, you know, it's it's not the easiest place to travel around uh, with lots of luggage. So I'm not saying like bring your kitchen sink, but If there's, like, one thing that you can't live without or if there's something that, you know, you're used to really having every single day and you know you can't live without it, um, take that one thing with you because chances are you're probably not going to be able to get it in North Korea. Um, For me, it would probably be coffee. Um, And actually, as proof of that, um, I actually uh, obviously wrote down some notes for this and... um, I do have a whole section just for tea and coffee. So um add that one to your list if you do drink tea and coffee as well. I can tell you that North Korea does not have great coffee. Um, you know, it does have... Uh, if you go to, like, the expensive coffee shops and stuff like that, it's fine, but it's expensive and you may not have time to go there. Um, but uh, otherwise, um, you will just need some some packets of coffee with you. Maybe... Um, You know, the coffee that you usually have, instant coffee, stuff like that. Otherwise, you have to survive on, um, if you're lucky, then you might get the pre-made packets of, of coffee that have milk and sugar in them already. And if you are unlucky, you won't even get that. You won't even get yourself a hot coffee. You will be stuck with the little cans of sugary, milky coffee that have been sat in that fridge for God knows how long. So honestly, do yourself a favour, bring yourself some some tea and coffee. Um, I always need tea as well, obviously. I'm, I'm British, so I've been out of the country for a while, but some things still stick with me, so I bring my tea as well. And just whilst we are chatting about um, you know, consumables you may want to consider bringing some specific foods. Now, this may be, for example, if you have a dietary requirement. um, And um, to be fair, most uh, places will be absolutely fine to dine in. If you have an allergy or if you are vegan or something like that, generally speaking from personal experience, um, it's fine. But if you are fussy or if you... Um, like to have a lot more of something like, for example, you like to, you know, have tons of vitamin C or you like to have lots of carbs or you like to have lots of fruit and stuff like that. Um, Maybe you want to bring um, some specific stuff to um, kind of up those vitamins and minerals, especially if you're spending a long time in the country. Maybe if you're spending like more than two or three weeks there, then you might want to think about bringing your own snacks and stuff like that because it's not super easy to just get hold of snacks um, and you might start missing these things. Um I would really recommend picking up some fruit in China if you're used to eating a lot of fruit a day because that's one thing that you really don't get much of in North Korea is fresh fresh fruit so maybe some bananas some apples stuff like that there's no restrictions on what you can bring in so um yeah consider bringing in some fruit or some other snacky stuff um or you know things that you can make quite easily with very little equipment Next up is a power bank and also power adapters as well. Um, Generally, North Korea is actually really good in terms of adapters for plug sockets because a lot of the time, they have one of those um, multifunctional extension cables. I usually use my Chinese plugs, which are the flat, thin pins, the two thin pins, Um, not the rounded ones and not the three-pronged ones. two thin pin ones. I think it's the same as the US one um, that they use in China as well. Uh, Although the voltage is different as far as I'm aware. Nevertheless, um, I use the China one and I never have a problem. But I think from memory, most places do have the European one as well. It's one of those multifunctional things. Either way, get yourself a power adapter, like um, a plug socket adapter, because you never know what you're gonna find, and it, it, you know, you could be in the only hotel hotel room with um, with something random that you, you know, you don't have any any adapter for. So, uh, bring a multifunctional adapter, and bring a power bank as well. I think most people take power banks around with them all the time. Anyway, you will probably be using your phone way way less um than you usually do. My phone usually stays charged. For about uh, two or three days when I'm in North Korea, which is mental. Uh, right now, when I'm in Taiwan, I have to recharge it throughout the day. Very frustrating. Um, but nevertheless, you might find things like your camera might run out of charge and um, you can charge it on the go with your power bank, which gives me the next one, which is your camera. Do not forget your camera. You can bring all of your cameras with you, any of your cameras. Just remember if you are in avid photographer um, and you have all of this fancy equipment and stuff like that, then um, do watch out for the lens size. There are specific um, rules in terms of lenses being too long, so do check that one out, but that's only for really, really strong zoom lenses. Um, You can take everything from a GoPro to a um, 360 camera stuff like that they are absolutely all fine um just you know be aware like if the cameras are super small then maybe put them in a case or something basically make them look as big as possible otherwise the North Koreans they get a bit funny about it maybe it looks like uh, some kind of spy camera and stuff like that so you know just make it look big um, so they don't worry about it too much anyway um, there's never really been an issue with that I've taken in my um, my cameras before just don't take in a drone That's not allowed. (laughs) The next one would be tissues. Uh, This is my rule also in China as well. You absolutely have to take tissues wherever you are. Uh, This is also the same for for Taiwan. Um, Toilets often don't have tissues in them. And you need to get into the habit of always having a tissue in your pocket. In fact, put tissues in your jeans pockets, in your coat pockets, and in your bag pockets, because if you're not into the habit of um, taking a tissue to the bathroom when you go, then you will only ever find out exactly at the point when you need it, which is usually a little bit too late. The next one on this list is a torch. Now, there won't be as many power outages in North Korea as you are probably expecting, but they do sometimes happen. Most mobile phones have torches on them, but if you are old school and um, if you're not using a smartphone, then do consider bringing a torch. Um, smartphones are generally enough um, because they are just convenient to carry around with you, to be honest. The amount of power outages that I've had, which is not many, probably about... Probably about seven or eight in total. Um, Doesn't happen every single time. Sometimes it happens for two minutes. Sometimes it's two hours or even more. But the amount of times it happens, it happens so randomly. No one's going to be having their torch on them unless they have their torch for the entire time, like on them and all the time. So um, unless you want to be carrying around a torch at all times. Yeah, just consider making sure that you have a smartphone with a torch on it. And if not, maybe consider bringing one with you. The next one is medicine. So, again, something for potentially uh, anywhere that you go in the world. If you take medication, um, then, of course, bring that. If you need regular medication, bring a little bit extra just in case you lose some or just in case... um, yeah, something happens, uh, just always bring a little bit extra, more than you might need. I'd also recommend bringing some like little bits and bobs. Maybe you want to bring a first aid kit, but mainly bring the kind of medicine that you might need, um, you know, once or twice in a month, Uh, maybe some paracetamol, painkillers, stuff like that. Um, This is generally because it's not super easy to get hold of this kind of stuff in North Korea. Actually, the medical care is really good, you have to pay for it. Um, You do have travel insurance though, but you do have to pay for it. Um, And uh, unless it's something, you know, really big and you can call on your travel insurance for it. But it's good healthcare care. Um, and they have like foreign doctors and stuff like that or like, you know, foreign, it, it's like a for foreigners. Um, and it is very good, but it's not the kind of thing, you know, if you just have a headache and stuff, stuff like that, you don't want to like call the doctors um, just for that. They also have this weird thing where like, I don't know. Actually, it would be good to find out from everyone. I don't know whether it's just the UK that's weird about this um, because I, I know a lot of my American friends, especially when they're hungover, they do this. But in the UK, if you go on a drip, you know, like an IV, like an intravenous drip, an IV, right? If you go on an IV, it basically means that you are really ill and you know, dying. Okay, not quite that bad, but an IV is not something that you put into someone lightly, and it's very much a like, oh my gosh, you were put onto a drip? Like, it's an intense thing. Um, it, I find that hilarious because in East Asia, in China, that's like their go-to thing, you know? Um, that's like that, oh, you, you feel ill, you have a headache, uh, you have a cold, you have, um, you know, a stomach ache, or you have uh, food poisoning, let's put you on a drip. And I remember I had, um, in China as well, um, I had um, like an infected wound on my leg, and I got put on a drip for three days. Um it's it makes sense it's just um it's just all those nutrients and stuff putting it back into your body I don't know why we're so weird about it in the UK but it's definitely a big thing to be put in a drip so and I think that might be the whole of Europe because I have to kind of warn people um you know if they get sent if they go to the hospital in North Korea then often they come back and they're like oh my gosh you know they put me on drip and stuff and I'm like don't worry like that's like their way of just giving you paracetamol, giving you painkillers, um, because people think that, like, they, they must have been really sick and stuff. Anyway, uh, that's just a little anecdote. Um, funnily enough, I was put on a drip in North Korea. Um, I had food poisoning. It's the one and only time I've had food poisoning in North Korea, and that was when I went skiing. Annoyingly enough, I missed a whole day of skiing. Um, and fun story, I was not only put on a drip, but another thing that they do differently in North Korea is, um, I feel like this practice is just a little bit outdated um, or um, or maybe yeah, it's just because I've never had severe food poisoning in the UK, I don't know about this. But, um, you know, when you expect to get a, a needle put in you, you do expect it in your arm or in your leg or something. I had very bad food poisoning, and um, I went to the on-site, by the way, quite cool, the on-site hospital of the ski Resort, and they were absolutely lovely, they saw me straight away, and when I say you have to pay for things, like, Americans, don't worry, like, it's not crazy expensive, I think I paid about $20 um, to be put on a drip, and also to have this injection, Um, so, you know, it's really nothing. Um, but I was there with one of the guides, with one of the male guides and, um, and he said he was translating everything for me. And so, you know, they were like, you're going to put you on a drip um, just whilst you're in bed and stuff. And so I was like, you know, just in bed and had this drip and stuff. But they were like, uh, but before this, um, they were like, you know, we have to give you an injection first. And I'm like, OK, I, at this point, I I am half like asleep and half in crippling agony from this um, food poisoning. So I, I don't know what's going on. Um And uh, the male guide that I'm with is like, oh, yeah, she's going to give you an injection now. Um, and I'm like, okay, like, do I need to, like, take my top off? Is rolling up my sleeves okay? And he's like, mm, no, it's not going to be there. And I'm like, are you, what, what do you mean? Like, where's it going to be? And he's like, um, I'm not going to look. And then, uh, the nurse proceeded to take me behind the curtain and, um, signaled to me to, um, hitch down my, uh, my pants a little bit and, uh, and bend over. So, um that was that. I've never had that experience before. Um, but I, uh, I did feel better after the painkillers, after the, uh, the needle. So um, yeah, I just couldn't sit down for a while. So, number one on this list, it's not actually all fake. And that sounds very strange and silly to say, something to prepare yourself as, but honestly, it really irks people when they get to North Korea and they realize that they're not the center of everyone's attention, they realize that life is just going on around them and the North Koreans couldn't care less whether you're there or not. Um, You're in a very busy Pyongyang train station and everyone else is just, um, you know, enjoying seeing their friends and family that they haven't seen in months or years and they really don't care that a foreign tourist is there because, believe it or not, it's not all set up for you. Um, And genuinely, uh, this really gets to people sometimes, as in like, you know, your whole preconception thing about North Korea is shattered, and believe me, it will be, and you don't have to believe me now, in, in fact, I don't want you to really believe me now, or try to believe me now. Um, Obviously, if you think that it's not all fake anyway, then that's great, but I totally get why you might think that it's all fake, and I don't want to be the person sat here convincing you otherwise, because, you know that's not how you're going to experience it. I want you to go there and experience it and have the kind of feeling for yourself. You need to, you know, otherwise I am just seem like a, a brainwashed person who's also trying to brainwash you guys. So um, as long as you go in there with an open mind and be prepared for some shocks and some preconceptions that might be about to be shattered. Number two, you probably won't see a military parade. Uh, Many people think that military parades happen all the time. And whilst military presence in North Korea is quite high, um, you probably won't see a military parade to give you an idea. I have been there almost 30 times and I have seen one. And trust me, seeing that one was a very difficult thing to do. It's not believe it or not again it's not set up for foreigners it's not there for foreign tourists um it's for the local people and they are very hard to find when they're happening um they're very hard to try and go to um yeah it's um it's tricky to um to basically get to so you probably won't see one number three how to talk to a north korean one of the biggest questions that i get answered maybe i'll even do it as an entire topic of this podcast um would love to have a North Korean on the show for that. If any out there are listening, then um, then please do contact me. That would be a, uh, a great feature for the podcast. Talk to them like a human, okay? Because that's what they are. This is my biggest tip. Um, everyone seems so nervous to, not, to talk to the North Koreans. Honestly, they are humans just like you and me. I think I've spoken about this before. Don't start the conversation with what they think of the nuclear weapons program, but, you know... Three days in, after you've found out about each other's friends and family and what they studied at university and you know about each other's hometowns and stuff like that, after you've built up a bit of a rapport, which, believe me, you will do because you are spending 24-7 with them over several days, then feel free to ask them about politics, talk to them about nuclear weapons, stuff like that. But don't shake their hand, say hey, and, you know, what do you think about socialism and stuff, right? Right? Just treat them like normal people, that's what they are. Number four, what happens if they launch a missile? Be prepared for the fact that they could launch a missile whilst you are in North Korea. This is a very, uh, you know, high probability. Not a very high probability, but it definitely could happen. Um, It's happened to me, I think, twice whilst I've been in the country. Um, At least twice, actually. Um, And, you know, North Korea are testing a lot of weapons at the moment. What I can say is, is that it's absolutely fine. Actually, um, if anything, it's a really jubilant atmosphere to be in because everyone's happy about a successful missile launch. But generally, um, no problem. Don't worry about it. And plus, you probably won't hear about it because either their media won't be reporting it live. Sometimes it does, um, but unless you... Uh, can understand Korean and you are watching the Korean news, then you probably won't hear anything about it. It's not, it's not a, um, it's not a big thing. Number five, can I take pictures? Can I bring my mobile phone? Yes. And yes, Uh, I don't think I need to go into depths of them anymore. What if I do something or say something bad? Don't worry. Okay. Um, I go over this uh, in episode three, I think how strict it is. If you do something bad accidentally or if you say something bad accidentally, no one's out to get you. The guides are not out to get you. They are out to keep you safe. So if you say something accidentally, they're not going to hold it against you. If you do it two, three, four, five, six times, each time that you do it, it's going to get more and more serious because you can make a mistake once, you can make a mistake twice, maybe a third time if you haven't been paying attention correctly. But it is, uh, yeah, the guides get less forgiving the further down it goes. So um, if you make a mistake... Um, If you accidentally say something offensive, don't worry about it. Just apologize or, you know, um, yeah, do whatever you you deem to be be, uh, right or, you know, find someone else to talk to them about it, one of your Western tour leaders, something like that. Um, Don't worry and uh, don't do it again. right, next one on the list is uh, number 10. I want to walk around by myself. Well, I'm sorry, but it's not possible. When you are going to North Korea, you are signing up for a tour. That means that you will be led around by North Korean tour guides and you are signing up for the rules that you need to follow, which means that you cannot walk around by yourself. Actually, foreigners who live and work in Pyongyang do not have to follow this rule. It's not like um, foreigners in general not allowed to walk around by themselves foreign tourists are not permitted to walk around by themselves they don't have the correct permits and stuff like that so just don't try it and if you feel like you are going to north korea and you're going to try and bend this rule and you're going to try and sneak out of the hotel at night and walk around by yourself please do not come to north korea i don't care about you getting into trouble but you're going to get everyone else into trouble too That means you could be getting people on your tour into trouble, the North Korean tour guides into trouble, and also the North Korean tour company. Number 11, pack correctly. Well, we've just gone through all of that. Number 12, what's a North Korean hotel like? Well, you should be prepared. (sighs) To be honest, it depends what kind of traveller you are. I remember when I first went to North Korea, I had just been backpacking around Southeast Asia for two months. So going into a actual hotel was luxury for me. Um, I found the hotels very, very luxurious. And to be honest, they are. They're kind of like an outdated three or four star hotel, depending on which one you go for. Um, The ones in more rural areas are like, obviously more rural. but you don't need to worry they're comfortable they're fine if not a bit outdated but they they're just nice hotels um sometimes you know lifts can be a bit slow stuff like that don't expect anything amazing but they're definitely not bad hotels Number thirteen. What is the food like? It's Korean food, generally with a little bit of a uh, Chineseness thrown into it from the Chinese influence just across the border. Uh, but generally, it's the same as any Korean food: bibimbap, Pyongyang cold noodles, and it is generally all sharing um, on the table. So you know, imagine seven you seven of you on a table, and it's on a spinning table, and everyone's just eating everything. If you have any dietary requirements, just let your tour company know beforehand. Number 14. It's action packed. It's not a holiday on the beach. You pay a lot for your tour to North Korea. And we are very well aware of this. You will not be sitting in your hotels bored with nothing to do. You will be out of your hotels at like seven or eight o'clock in the morning and you won't be returning until seven or eight o'clock or even later at night. Be prepared for this. There will be a lot of sitting around on the bus, um, especially if you are going to um, a lot of like places, um, a lot of different areas, stuff like this. Um, you know, it it's gonna be tiring and physically and mentally draining. Be prepared for this. It is full on action packed in a good way. It's definitely not your beached holiday. You really do get what you pay for, and you'll probably need a bit of a holiday after this one. So this next one, um, prepare to be underwhelmed, is one that really resonates with me. As I always describe North Korea as pleasantly underwhelming. That's how I always describe my first thought in North Korea, and that's what really embodies how I feel about it, and how I think a lot of people really feel about it, and... Can't really find the words to say. It's underwhelming but in a good way. It's pretty normal, and we are often used to hearing this sensationalized version of North Korea, when in reality, it's actually nothing like the media says. You know, it's no, you won't see all of these military parades and rocket launches and stuff like that all the time, and I think that's something that most people find difficult getting to grips with. You won't see tons of military raids, but you will see a lot of commuters on the Pyongyang metro who might even let you take their picture and have a conversation with you. And they're real, too, you know? (laughs) The second to last one is expect the unexpected. North Korea is nothing like you see in the media. Um, Of course, some things do hold true, but the media portrays only a very small percentage of North Korea. You can expect to be surprised, underwhelmed, overwhelmed, confused, and delighted. It's largely unexplored with, you know, few foreigners visiting every year. Whatever you expect from your tour to North Korea, it will probably be very different to what you get in the end, in a good way. And finally, this is one that I think everyone who has been on a tour to North Korea, um, you know, has, has thought before you'll leave with more questions than answers. And you should really be prepared for this. And I don't mean that when you go to North Korea, none of your questions will be answered. I mean that when your question is answered, it leads to you having three or four more other questions. And this is the same for me, 30 trips into North Korea on, and I still have more questions. And every single time I get them answered, I have another question to follow. And these take a few days and time to digest and process. This is normal, and you should expect it. People travel to North Korea for multiples of reasons. And if you are looking to simply find out more about the country, you will definitely learn a lot. Don't get me wrong, it's not as if your questions are not answered. But this only opens a whole Pandora's box, and trust me, you'll be left only wanting more. So on that note, let's hope that travel resumes sometime soon and we can use this preparation list um, for you know, some more practical reasons as we plan for our trip to North Korea. If you have any questions about any specific tours to North Korea or anything that I've mentioned in the podcast today, do email me on zoediscovers at gmail.com. You can also message me on Instagram or Facebook at zoediscovers or at Zoe Discovers nk. Thank you for listening and do keep coming back. In the spirit of all things travel, next week is going to be on North Korea's most popular travel destination for domestic tourism. Stick around next week for that. And thank you for joining once again. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.